return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. We're just going to take our Bibles for a minute. Let's just stand and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so, quickly, John 15, verse 16. Jesus says, I've chosen you. Jesus picked you. He picked you. That's to everybody hearing my voice right now. We welcome people worldwide that want to join us right now. Hallelujah. We've shared reports and stories and stuff, testimonies. God's good. Jesus picked you, all right? And he appointed you. He anointed you with the Holy Spirit. You're here for such a time as this in your life, all right? He's got a purpose. He's got a plan. He wants you to go and bear fruit. Notice the word go. You need to go. Tell your neighbor, go. It takes action and obedience. The results then is that there's fruit, and the fruit shall remain. Now, that's, that's a good thing. Amen? So, but we have to push through things. Uh, we're talking about doors of opportunity again here, but you have to push through things. And lots of times you push through fear. So lots of times the things you want is on the other side of fear, right? So you have to push through, you have to push through the stuff that would try to hold you back, the border bullies that says you can't do it when you can do it. God wouldn't ask you to do something unless he equipped you to do it. He gave us a great commission to go into all the world. Well, of course, he's going to provide the resources and all the other stuff to do it because he gave us the commission to do it. Amen? So, so our part is just to be obedient. We don't have to figure out how he's going to do everything. Our part is simply to be obedient. Now, 1 Corinthians 16, uh, 8 and 9, it says, talks about this, this door. He's in Ephesus, and he's waiting until Pentecost, and there's a big door, wide door, great door for effective service that's open to me. Yes, there's adversaries. Now, there always is, but if your focus is looking at other stuff, you'll never do anything. If your focus is Jesus, you can do everything. Amen? T- turn to your neighbor and say, nothing's impossible. If your focus is Jesus, you can walk in the miraculous, all right? That's how Peter got out of the boat, is because his focus was on Jesus Christ. Not the wind, not the waves, not all the storm and stuff. His focus was on Jesus. And as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he walked on the water. So there's doors open for us. Now, let me just say this. There's doors open for everybody hearing my voice. Here in person, here on the Internet, there's doors open for you. God will do this. There might be adversity, true, but the, there's doors there. Don't look at the danger, look at the opportunity. Amen. <laughs> Acts, Acts chapter 14, then Paul uh, that talks about a door of faith. Acts 14, this is God, that God opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Well, long before they got to the door, there were many steps of faith. Okay, so God opened the door to, a, to the Gentiles, hallelujah, 
but there were many steps of faith to get to the door. So we always have to understand that every day in life you're taking steps of faith. You're walking through doors, actually, every day, without realizing that you're walking through doors. But there's spiritual doors as well. First, or 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 2, then, says this, that, that uh, the door was opened to me by the Lord. So I came to trust to preach Christ's gospel. A door was opened to me. So before he got there, though, he came. He planned to go there. He went there. And as he got there, then the door opens, Right? Of course, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. So a door, a door opened when he came to preach. One door, though, will usually lead to more doors. That's how, that's how it works. So you walk through one door, there's another door. You got up this morning, there's a door to your bedroom, there's a door to your bathroom, there's a door to your house, there's a door to the car, there's a door to the church. Without realizing all the time we're walking through doors, through doors, through doors, through doors. A door is an entrance, a passageway to another place. All right, so we have many natural doors, but it's a passageway to another place, and spiritually, another place where God wants you to go. Okay, today, how many of you watched Star Trek before? All right, Star Trek movies, different things like that. Well, I watched Star Trek as a young boy. So Star Trek came on TV, TV in 1966, okay? So that's when it started, and the novelty of it was, you know... Uh, to see this show and so forth, is that they'd walk, through the, walk to the door and the door opened up. And of course, there was no doors like that that you saw any place. But they walked and of course, we all thought, well, that's science fiction. You know, who's pulling, someone's pulling the door back there, you know, and causing the door to open up. So, so I'm 13 years old and if you, oh boy, look at that Star Trek, you know. And, well, now though, those doors are everywhere, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they're just common. You walk to a door and it opens up. In fact, most of the time, you expect it to open up, right? If it's Walmart or something, you expect it to open up. I, I got to a door one time, and it didn't open. I'm standing right there, and I'm waving to the sensor, open, you know. And, uh, and then it opened, of course. But, but that's, that's how a lot of things are by faith. The door is closed, looks closed, not open. But you get out, you get out of your car, and you're walking toward you know You're not even thinking. You just know that door is going to open up for you. Right? You're not, you're not contemplating like, oh, what's going to happen? How am I going to get into the building? What's, you know, am I going to pry it apart? No, you just know the door's going to open. But it's not going to open until you get there. It's not going to open 100 feet away, 50 feet away, 20 feet away. It's not going to open until you're right in the proximity at the door. You have to walk toward the door. You can talk about the door. You can look at the door. You can pray about the door. But you've got to walk toward it. You've got to do something. Jesus said to go. So there's action always involved in our lives. A lot of people pray, 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 pray. Get up and do something. You can pray to the cows, come home, and nothing's going to happen until maybe you do something. Do something. Turn to your neighbor and say, do something. You've got to walk toward the door. Otherwise, it may look closed, may look locked like it's never going to open. Most doors, most doors are closed because they're protecting the things that are behind the door, concealing things and so forth. And you don't know if the door will open until you approach the door. Otherwise, the assumption is, oh, those are all closed doors. Sometimes you go to the door and you knock, right? To see if then, the, if you feel like that's my door, you're going to knock on the door to gain entrance to what's behind the door. Now, not every door is your door. 
All right? The door to my house is not the door to your house. So not every door that you see, oh, that's my door. No, 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 you're led by the Spirit. You might get there and realize, oh, that's not my door. And you go to another door. There's myriads of doors, right? And so, so not every door is your door. And most of the time, the access to the door is based on either what happened beforehand or the relationship that you have. Of course, a relationship to the Lord. I could go to a, a, game at, a football game at the stadium, and I could sit in the bleacher seats, where I would sit normally, and, and that's my ticket, that's my door. However, sometimes by relationship... Someone else gives me the ticket to the club, and then I'm in the loge section, and I got my own TV, and I got everything like that, and it's wonderful and nice. That's another door based on a relationship. So it doesn't make me, though, any better. It was just purely based on a relationship, and I walked through the door. And to get through the door, then I had to say, no, I I belong here. I I have a ticket. Thank you. I belong here, because they'll check your ticket. You belong here? Oh, yes, you do. All right, come on through. This is where you belong. This is, this is your place. So relationships are important. Lots of things, lots of things happen through relationships. People you know, circumstances, and so you just walk in and it happens through relationships. Now, let's go to the book of Acts for a second. Acts chapter 2. Here's the day of Pentecost. There's 120 in the upper room. Now, in Jerusalem is this conference. So you've got people from all over the world in Jerusalem at this time. People from all over the world. The disciples are having their, quote, little meeting in the upper room. Holy Spirit falls. They're excited. They're speaking in tongues. They're loud. I just want to tell you, heaven is loud, all right? I grew up thinking church had to be quiet. Totally wrong. Just a lie, lie, lie. Church, churches don't have to be quiet. When you're praising God, you want to be excited. People, people are excited at a game over something that is pointless, to be honest. It doesn't matter at all for eternity, all right? But Jesus does matter. And so being excited for him is a good thing. So they're excited on the day of Pentecost. And so much so that people think that they're drunk. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. They think they're drunk. They're acting like drunk people and so forth. Now, all the disciples there, and they hear accusations. All right? They hear accusations. Because here's a, here's, a, here's, a, here's a neat thing. Notice the word, but Peter. Say, but Peter. But Standing up. So Peter, Peter, all of a sudden, he says, he, he realizes here's the door. And he realizes, I'm going to say something. I'm going to address this accusation that we're drunk. I'm going to walk through this door. Something's happening right now. Here's this opportunity. Here's the door. I'm going to do this. So Peter, but Peter, standing up. Now, all the, all the rest of them heard it too. But Peter chose to go through the door. God bless him. <laughs> he chose to go through the door. Had he not done that, we wouldn't have had this the same way that we do now. But he made a choice to walk through that door. In the circumstances, in the heat of the moment, I'm going to say something. This is not what you think it is. This is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. And he began to proclaim it in a very loud voice. So that thousands of people, they didn't have the benefit of speaker systems like we would have in the street. It was their voice. You can project with your voice. Can you say amen? Amen. We always say, use your playground voice. Get out there and use your playground voice. So Peter walks through the door. And prior to this, now, now prior to this, there's no open door to the disciples. 
There is not a platform to speak to any of these people from around the world. Nobody. But now, through the circumstances, here's a door. Chose to go through the door. And, of course, you know the rest is history. But three, verse 41, 3,000 people get saved. Obviously, there's more than that there. So there's thousands of people. So the Holy Spirit opens doors to give access to people. You should write that down. That's the purpose of it. He opens doors to give you access to people. He cares about people. He loves people. He wants you to engage people. And that's why, that's why we should look, be looking all the time for open doors. Or a door may not look open, but you realize, hey, this is my door. Now, let's go ahead to Acts chapter 3 a second. Each door can lead to more doors. So, in Acts chapter 3, it talks about the lame man that's at the temple. Now, the context in the book of Acts, you realize he's 40 years old. He's never walked, so he's been lame since a baby from his mother's womb. He's laid at this gate daily. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind that Jesus had walked by this place. Keep in mind that the temple, there are thousands of people there. This isn't like our little gathering here. No, there's thousands of people passing by, going to the temple, and so forth. Now, this guy's here every day. Undoubtedly, there's probably lots of beggars there every day. There's lots of beggars, people looking for money, looking for a handout or something like that. And so, so, so this particular day, though, this particular day, even though Jesus walked by, never, the guy never addressed Jesus, never said anything. Incidentally, you can only walk through the door that's presented to you. You can't just go and say, I'm going to do this. I had someone tell me one time, I'm going to walk in the power of God. I'm just going to go in the hospital and clear it out. I looked at him and said, I doubt it. Why? Because they're not inviting you in the hospital. That's not a door to you. You're being, you're being presumptuous and arrogant to think, I'm just going to go do that and I'll just heal those people. No, you won't. You're, that's presumptuous. They're going to throw you out in the street. Jesus went where he was invited or where someone got his attention like blind Bartimaeus. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus had already passed him by. Jesus was down the road already. And here's this guy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. And the disciples like, no, 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 you want to talk to that guy. No, I do want to talk to that guy. He got Jesus' attention and all of a sudden there was a door. There was a door. You know, a lot of people, we know about people with lots of needs. People say, have you gone to pray for them? I said, no, they never asked. They never asked. I'm not walking on doors. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? No, people ask. A door presents itself. They invite you. They want prayer. They invite, hey, I'll go anywhere. Been around the world because people have asked. But otherwise, you wait for the door. Follow what I'm saying? Here's the guy who's begged. Same time as Jesus there, all that. Now Jesus is in heaven. Holy Ghost is poured out. Peter and John walk by him. And he, and he, and he says, when he saw Peter and John, he began asking them. So now all of a sudden he engages Peter and John. Hey, 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 you guys right here. And they stop. There's a door. They look at him. There's a door. And he's asking for something, but they think, well, we'll give him what we got. Amen. The door presented itself because now he's asking them. He is addressing them. They're on the spot. Can you, can you do something for me? Sometimes we're knocking, sometimes we're trying to push through doors on our door. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. 
We see all the time God, God just opening doors and so forth and giving us opportunities and all that. And that's what's happening here. This day, this hour, this time, he addresses Peter and John and the door opens. And Peter looks at him. All right. Peter looks at him. Looks, and of course, you know the story from there. The guy's, the guy's healed and set free. Now, this door opens another door. So the guy's healed. Now, everybody who's gone to this temple through the years probably knows this man who's lame. His feet may be crooked. We have, we'll show it another time, a friend in another country and he sent us video and he's encouraged in our conference and he's trying to reach the unreached and he's got this guy in the street and his, and his feet are all bent in and so forth like that. Old man and he's sharing Jesus with him. It's powerful. So this man, he's healed. Look at verse 11. In verse 11, here's another door. So he's standing, notice the word holding. You should underline this in your Bible. He's holding on to Peter and John. Now, Peter and John could have like, oh my goodness, let's run. Because there's a commotion. There's a commotion because of what just happened to this lame man, right? Everybody's intrigued. What? What? What happened? I mean, in the meantime, there's something going on in the, in, the, in the synagogue. No, no, now they're all interested. Like, what's going on here? And the guy that was lame that had never walked is now standing by Peter and John. Hey, 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 I can walk. Look what these guys did. They could have tore away. Like, let's get out of here. Retracting attention. The Romans are around. But they didn't. Here's another door. So the guy's holding on to them. And notice the people, they're utterly amazed. I love it. I love it when there's a miracle, notable miracles. It's like, whoa, what happened here? I believe God's doing notable miracles. I believe he's getting people's attention like, wow, what happened? Well, that person was in hospice. So that person had this and that happened. They hadn't walked. That person was in a wheelchair. Now they're walking. What happened? Yeah. Notable, you know, things like that. You can't deny it. So here's the guy. He'd never walked. Now he's standing. Peter and John, he's pretty happy. And all these people are running toward them, Right. The crowds ran together, crowded all around. Now, understand, there's thousands of people. You can hear the ripple through the audience. That guy's here. That guy's standing up. I just saw him. He's, his feet are well. And da, 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 blah, 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 blah. So the attention from the temple is now coming to them outside, all right? Peter, seeing this, seeing this, there's a door. John, there's a door. Oh, we better walk through this door. Peter, seeing this, says, you men of Israel, why are you amazed? Why are you staring at us as though by our power or godliness we made this man whole? So what happened is they begin to address, address the people, right? They address the people about the miracle that happened because they're all intrigued, like, what happened? <laughs> and they've got the answer about what happened. Amen? So Peter and John address the people. And verse 16, you know, do we have verse 16 there? It says, so the basis of faith, through faith in the name of Jesus has strengthened this man whom you see and know the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health, complete wholeness in your presence. And of course, from Acts 4.4, we know that 5,000 people believe. That's a lot of people. 5,000 people. I can picture being at the stadium trying to project my voice to, to that grandstand of thousands. 5,000 people believed. Wow. They walked through a door. Now, Acts 4, verse 3, 
then says, after this happened, so says they're arrested. How about that? They're arrested and they're put into jail. Well, that's not a big surprise, is it? And it's verse, uh, verse 6 and 7. It's the spiritual leaders, of course, that were upset. So we got the high priest. we got Caiaphas, Alexander, all of the priestly descent and so forth. And so they come to the men. Uh, they take the men. They put them in front of them. Now, what happens? One door leads to another door. Now, you might think, well, what are you going to do? You're just going to follow the path. You're arrested. You're in jail. They did have the opportunity. I'm sure they could say, we're sorry. We shouldn't have done that. I know we caused a disturbance. We won't do it again. Please forgive us and so forth. We'll just go on our way and walk out of the situation. Or you could address the situation. And that's what they did there to the high, to all the religious leaders of the nation now. Of the nation. They addressed them all. And then they said, uh, they put them in front of them. So they put the men Peter and John, in front of them, here's, here's another door, John. And they ask, repeatedly ask. So they're, 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 not, they're not searching, they're hostile. By what sort of power, what name, by what kind of authority did you do this? Why did you do this? And Peter, filled with power and the Holy Ghost, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, members of the Sanhedrin, Jewish court, and people, Peter continues to go around them. So rather than backing away, they thought, well, let's walk through the door. They've been arrested. They don't know if they're going to go back to jail or not, but we're going to walk through this door and we're going to address this situation. We're not going to, we're not going to be ashamed. We're not going to hide from it. We're going to address the situation. That's exactly what they did there. The access to the door came through the relationship, the one that holds the keys, Jesus Christ. So he's the healer. He's the deliverer. And so Jesus, here's another door, guys. Here's another door. And you see this all through the Bible. All through the Bible, it doesn't say the word door, but you see them walking through these places of opportunity. Peter chose to walk through the door. Verses 12 and 13, then, it says they looked at him, you know, the salvation and no other name under heaven. I like this. Now, this is powerful. We read this. We read this. And to us, yeah, okay, yeah, we could all say this. You go to other countries and this is a big deal. You say this in other countries, and it could be your death sentence. You could be arrested. You could be imprisoned. You could be beaten. Because you're saying that, that there's no other name under heaven given among people whereby we can be saved. That's the name of Jesus Christ. It's a powerful statement. It's something you want to allow to sink in your heart. There's no other, there's no other God I'm going to serve but Jesus Christ. He's the most high God. He's the king of kings. So when the Sanhedrin, of course, see this, they saw the, notice, confidence and boldness, Peter and John, they grasped the fact they were not educated, were not trained. They were astounded because they began to recognize that they had been with Jesus. Now, I like that. The access, Jesus gave them access. Jesus gives us confidence. Jesus gives you ability. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus gives you everything you need. Gives you everything you need. It comes through the relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not going to get this. I'm not going to get this simply by, well, I read my Bible. Oh, that's really good. That's great. That's great. Now, thank you, Lord, for an awesome day. Hallelujah. Great. Great. And not do anything. You gain access through the relationship. He gives you confidence, boldness. He gives you ability far beyond what you can imagine. And here are these guys, untrained, but they're speakers. And the Sanhedrin saying, wow, these guys aren't afraid of us. They're bold. They're speaking the things of God. And they walk through these doors 
of opportunity. Everybody's got doors. All through the Bible, there are doors. Let me quickly, just for the sake of time, let's go to John 10 a second. Jesus is our door. Amen? Jesus said, I am the door for the sheep. I'm the door leading to life. That is true. But listen to what he says here now in verse 9. He says, I'm the door. Anyone who enters through me will be saved, live forever, and will go in and out freely and find pasture and spiritual security. So Jesus is our door. We go in, we find pasture, we're nourished, we're equipped, we're encouraged and so forth, but we go out to do ministry. You can't do ministry until you go in and draw from his strength and draw from the Holy Ghost and draw from the power. You can't do any ministry. You're just going to be uh, words. You can't go to another country that, that is, has other religions, be it Islam, Buddhism, uh, Hinduism, and so forth. You can't go with words. Paul said, I came in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. He, did, he said, I didn't come with enticing words. I didn't come with a nice message. Sounds nice. So I didn't come with that. I didn't come with a great speech. But I came with demonstration of the spirit and power. Now, how do we know this? Because, because we can think, I don't know. I've never felt that. You're not going to feel anything. You just go do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, do it. It's not a question of feelings. It's not a question of, oh, the Holy Ghost is on me. No, it's not a question of any of that. It's a question, you just, you're following Jesus, you walk through the door and say, oh, there's an opportunity. So you pray for somebody, let him do the work. You're not the healer. We're not a savior, not a deliverer. He is. All we're doing is bringing him into the equation. We're invoking Jesus Christ, the one who gives faith, who has the power. It's not by your power, it's not by your knowledge, not how good you are, or how much education you have. Do you have a Bible degree? Do you have this and that? No, it's not based on any of that. And of course, the American church gets all this wrong. They're basing everything on all these other things and leaving out the Holy Ghost. You have the Holy Spirit. You can do this. You can go in and out, go in, be refreshed, encouraged, go out and minister, come back in. So Matthew 7. Matthew 7, Jesus says, knock. And this is the Amplified, of course. But what are you knocking on? You're knocking on doors. So you're pursuing opportunities. And it says, knock and keep on ask, asking, keep on asking, seek, keep on seeking, knock, keep on knocking, the door will be open to you. Now, I like this in verse 8. You should underline this. This always blesses me. Everyone who keeps on asking receives, who keeps on seeking finds, who keeps on knocking, it will be open. Everyone. So there's perseverance here. Amen? You're believing God, you're, you're, you're believing for doors. Incidentally, while you're waiting for the door to open, praise Him in the hallway. While you're waiting for the door, having the door open, well, praise Him in the hallway. You praise Him outside, you're believing Him, hallelujah. And maybe in the meantime, He might give you another door, that's true. But, but you, you ask, you seek, you knock, and, and of course, God will give the open doors. He wants to give us open doors. But he's not going to open a door for me if I'm standing far away since closed. Hmm, that's not going to open. No, they're not going to do it. It won't, it'll never open. Our first trips, we're going overseas, graduated from college, I go to Southeast Asia. I didn't have any money. But, but, but I was encouraged, I was encouraged and I had faith that somehow God would do it and he kept providing. I kept walking through the door. My family thought I was crazy. Other people thought you're doing what? Kept walking through the door and find ourselves 
in another land sharing the gospel. Walk through the door that's there. Now, there's doors in all areas of your lives. There's family doors, social doors, business doors. It's always a thing in business. They always say it's not necessarily what you know, but who you know. Connections. Same things happen spiritually. It's not how much you know, but you're connected to Jesus, and all of a sudden, boom, there's the door. A door of opportunity for you. And I want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you. you We're focusing, of course, on doors of ministry, but I want to encourage you to walk through the doors, to look for doors that maybe you didn't think were doors. You have doors with your family, doors in your personal life, doors of ministry. Look for the doors to walk through the doors. He's going to use you. Last scripture in Colossians, he says this. He says, and he says, Paul and the disciples and so forth. They say, he said, be persistent, devoted to prayer. Be alert, focusing on your prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us too that God would open a door of opportunity to us for the word to proclaim the mystery of Christ and so forth, which I've been in prison. So even in prison, out of prison, they're still believing for these doors of opportunity. They, they're saying... They knocked. They were always knocking. In the book of Acts, if one door didn't open up, it seemed like that door opened, then another door opened. Or then they had a vision. Come over and help us over here. Doors are out there for all of us. When you leave here, you're going to walk through doors. All day long, you'll probably walk through doors. Tomorrow, you'll walk through doors. Talk about natural doors. But spiritually, look for opportunities that come. And if you walk through one door, it may lead to the next door. When we preached, when I was just a, just a youngster and preaching, and we, we had this person who led us to a door in the Philippines. We didn't know all that we were going to do, but we went to the Love China Conference with Brother Andrew, spent time with him. But then we had weeks, and one door led to the next door, to the next door, and we just kept walking through the doors that led us to the vice president of the country. That led us to his house, which was like a miniature White House. That led us to having dinner with him. Led us praying for all of his servants. Led us proclaiming the gospel to him. Amen. One door led to another door. It wasn't based on who we were. It just kept walking through the doors. Amen. Everybody has doors. Amen. And God will use us to walk through those doors of opportunity. When does that happen? Happens all the time, right now. So it's not like, Lord, use me next month. And remember what Jesus said. He didn't say, go someplace to preach. He said, as you go, preach. So as you go, as you go, you may be looking. I, I was a guy who would drive this guy's minister, and I'd be the driver. I'd drive the car and carry his bags and so forth. We could be at the gas station pumping gas, and there was a door. And I just watched like, oh. Oh, that guy just prayed and gave his life to Jesus. You know, I mean, shock, just kind of shocking, like walking through doors. So let's lift our hands a second. Father, I thank you for doors, and I thank you for helping all of us to be New Testament Christians, to walk in the Spirit, to do what you've asked us to do. Lord, you said to go. You said to be your servants. You said to be lights. You already said all these things, Lord. So uh, we just received the commission. We received the anointing. 
We receive the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for using people here in this place, using people online, using people in other countries, Lord, in great mighty ways for your glory, Father. Lord, we thank you. These are days of revival. Days of revival. Hallelujah. We thank you for it sweeping across our nation here where we're at. Hallelujah. But other nations, Lord, that, that no man can stop this. Lord, it's an unstoppable force because it's the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus, for doing this, working in our hearts, using us for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's stand just for a minute. Let's put our hands up one more time. Father, I just speak a blessing over this congregation. The love of the Father, the tenderness of his Son, Jesus Christ the presence of the Holy Spirit, that he would gladden your hearts, bring peace to your soul, hallelujah, that this day and all days you would walk in his spirit and be blessed in him, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Shake hands with someone near you, right? Shake hands. Bless you, amen. You can share this with somebody else as well. Pass it on. Tonight, great things. Wednesday night, great things. Good week ahead. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.